Welcome to The Bright Side, a podcast where we will help you to get a better perspective on your life. Each week, we tackle a story from the public life, something from our own private lives, and then we go out into nature, we breathe, we tell stories, and we try to cut our anxieties down to size to get some perspective in order to live healthier, happier lives. I'm Tamsin Omond, an activist, author, actor, and often anxious human being. And I'm Sachi Lloyd, a multi-award winning author and public speaker. Welcome to The Bright Side. Mm -hmm. And uh, this week, oh, we've got a real good week for you this week, a corker, because Sachi has the difficult task of pulling me out of a bit of a glump. Um, yes, I do. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> Go I'm on, Sachi. Can you make me look on the bright side? What's a glump? Well, it's just when you're feeling kind of uh, a little bit down in the dumps. I know I'd have a glump before. And uh, I'm also going to help with information overload. Great. Yes. Not something that I've been suffering from recently, but we can talk more about that. <laughs> You've um, gone shallow, haven't you? I've <laughs> gone a little bit shallow. And then maybe we're going to talk about the age-old exes in private mm. lives before we go on a beautiful nature walk. So uh, let's start off with public lives. What's been bothering you, Sachi? Well, and just uh, let me start off by apologising. I've got a little bit of frog in my throat, so please forgive me, listeners. So this week I want to talk about information overload. I'm going to give you a couple of facts, Tamsin. You ready? Tell me. In 1976, there were 9,000 products in the average grocery store. Okay. And now... It's 40,000 products. Whoa! We get most of our shopping done in 150 items, and this is the thing I like about this. So what you're having to do every time you enter shop is ignore tens of thousands of things every time you go shopping. Wow. That's a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> For our little human brains to yes, do. Yes, just like blocking filtering it out. out. Yeah, yeah, filtering. It's, um, and we don't think of it as an exhausting thing going to yes. the shops, but actually, yes. now that you've described it to me, it's another reason for me not to bother going not shopping. To leave the house. Not to leave the house. Here's another one. You ready? Tell me such. Um, we've created more information in the last 10 years than in all of human history before that. No way. Yeah. What is this information? I don't know. Six of my Kardashians, I do. I don't wow. think it's a... Yeah. That counts as information? Yes. Whoa! I don't know what it is, but that's ridiculous. That's extraordinary, and, right. and it's all stored on the internet or something. <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> on that. Be my grandma. Is it all on the internet? <laughs> right. So. Wow, that is a lot of stuff to be paying is, attention yes. to. Not only is it a lot of stuff, but it's more information than our little brains are configured to handle, ah. and the conscious mind can only pay attention like two, three, maybe four things at once. And if you go beyond that. Uh, you just start to, you know, your judgment gets poorer, you lose track of things and you lose your focus. So I, what I really want to talk about today is multitasking. I love to multitask. Everybody loves to multitask. women multitask. Yes, women are like, oh, I can multitask. You're a man, you can only do one thing. I can multitask. <laughs> this is the single biggest thing holding women back today. No. Multitasking. Multitasking is problematic. It's the worst thing you can do. But it means that I can do loads of things at once. It means you do loads of things really badly. Let me speak further. So, neurologically speaking, in terms of your glucose and your sugars, you know, the brain is there, boom, 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 taking all of the body's energy. Mm. So it costs you 
It costs your mind so much by this kind of thing of forcing your mind to decide all the time. Do I answer that uh, text or do I ignore it? How do I respond? How should I file this email? Should I stick with what I'm doing now and in attend to the interruption? Yeah. And all of these little decisions spend oxygenated glucose, the very fuel you need to focus on a task. And switching between tasks will actually make you feel exhausted, disoriented and anxious. Oh my gosh. Hmm. What do you but, think of that? I just think that uh, I'm part of a generation that has yes. really small attention spans. Totally. And we get very bored if we're doing one thing for more than three minutes. And so we're always flitting around. But does yes. that mean that we are scientifically yes. ruining our ability to totally. do anything well? Yes. Oh God. <laughs> That's a bit of a doomy outlook. You're not helping me with my galump yet. <laughs> I'm not here to just make you feel better about yourself. <laughs> So it's um wow yes uh, so and I guess it takes training <clears throat> or something yeah to... there's lots of different methods there's um mm. uh, uh, well okay there's a few things yeah. right help me out tell me okay. how I, I can stop multitasking <laughs> and refine my focus firstly right what you have to understand is is that you have to kind of do things a bit in order so it, what you're wanting your mind to be in uh, when you're just focusing on one thing is called the central executive mode wow so it means I know right. It's got a cigar. It's got a, a leather, a leather revolving seat. That's where you want your mind to be when you're really focusing on something. You can't do that if you're in a bunch of cheap IKEA seats moving around the table. I really so love these seats. I know, right? Number one, write things down. Mm -hmm. Get them out of your mind. Yeah. Prioritize them. Yeah. And decide what order. Okay. okay. Number two, eat the frog. That means decide on your most executive task and do that one first thing when your glucose levels are scared. Wow. Yeah, right? Thirdly, limit email. You can't have that stuff come pinging in at you because what happens, <laughs> you've got your, you're like, <laughs> you've not got a great face because all of those notifications mm. and pings and things like this, it's so detrimental to cognitive performance can i just clarify yes. something yes does that mean that when i'm thinking yeah. i'm using energy yes my brain is actually your brain is your biggest use of energy uh, no. of your body yeah it's like massive wow yeah that's amazing it's sucking up everything wow and, and, and i certainly feel this that uh, if um if I'm at home working, mm. like, you know, everybody says the same. You're at home working, you've got some space and time to mm. yourself. The quality of your thought is amazing. When you go into the office and, you know, people are talking and emails are pinging, people keep yeah. going, excuse me, can I just ask you, can I, can yeah, I, can yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. by about 11.30, I'm frazzled. Yeah. And it's my circuits are all burnt out. because you've used all of your energy. Yeah. All of your brain energy. Yeah. Amazing, Sarge. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's really, um, you know what, I've been having this thing recently where... I'm kind of thinking about where my phone is, and I'm like, where's my oh, phone? Yeah. Where have I put my phone? Because I want to check it, because yeah. like, that's yeah. my best way of multitasking. Not really multitasking, just distracting myself yes. endlessly with my yeah. phone. And then I'll be looking for it, and then I'll notice that I'm holding it in my <laughs> hand. It's a really horrible thing. And then I'll look at it again and go, ooh, what should I look at? Should yeah. I look at Instagram? Should yeah. I look at Facebook? Should I look at my emails? Should I... And then... Each I think I need to, you know, use some discipline, really, yes. and kind of stop doing that. Put my phone upstairs when I'm working, yeah. so that you know, there's this thing called Pomodoro cycles. So that does it, yeah, there's a thing. So you don't, you're not like, oh, I won't look at it till till midnight or something. Yeah. But what you do is you decide. 
for 20 minutes uh, right away. Yeah. Then you start training yourself yeah. uh, to be able to work. But um, what's happening with all of those pings and notifications, yeah. you get a little hit of dopamine. It's like, Ooh, I love I know, dopamine. right? <laughs> and it's just a classic wow. uh, rat in a lab thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Because they get addicted to the... Um, you know, you, you're just so it's just a little rush that I'm getting every time totally. I check my phone and something totally. comes up and then if it doesn't come up then I, do I get a dopamine low? No, because you'll just find something else. Okay. You'll just go, oh, but what's in WhatsApp instead? Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think of that? I just think it's uh, it's really important, yes. isn't it? That we kind of figure this one out. And yeah. Because there's quite a lot to do at the moment. There's good work to be done. Yeah. And we can't just uh, sit around being distracted all the time by these like, meaningless little pings. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do really uh, worry about us being domesticated and controlled by yeah. technology. It's just like, you know, it's really changing the brain chemistry. Yeah. And it's so amazing. It's really great stuff, technology. I'm not a technophobe at all. I do loads of stuff on, online and with... Uh, apps and um, you know design packages, but um, it's it's got to go back in its box a bit. Yeah, not good for the mind. Yeah. Last thing Tell I'm going to say. You Tell ready? Me. Ready. Take a nap. Oh. Close your eyes. Switch the screen off. You know people like step away from the screen. No yeah. screen time. Not just step away. Lie down. <laughs> just you know. You, uh, sometimes you fall asleep. Or you just let yourself just just uh, I call it dipping under. Oh, nice. You know, and it just gets a little tingly, a little... Oh, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, when you really relax into your yes. body. Take one Feels or two... Feels like a big old shrug. Yes, yes. Take one of uh, two of those a day. No way. And two uh, a day? Yeah. How indulgent. <laughs> no. And, no, and necessary. You, you are going to be, like, about ten gazillion times more productive and happy. Brilliant. <laughs> Sachi, what a wonderful public life. I think you've told me how to... Uh, how to move through this life just a little bit All right, more I, I, I want you to practice thing at a time. All right, I'll practice and, and I'll come uh, back to you. Yeah, feed, uh, I want some feedback for next week. I've got quite a lot on over the next two weeks, so I could really do with some yes. heightened productivity. So, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a go, Sarge. Lovely. And you can try this too, readers, listeners. <laughs> just uh, give it a go. <laughs> Yes. And let us know how it works for you. Comment, share, like, all of those sorts of things. Mm. And now, Sachi, are we ready? I've written on this little piece of paper, the power of love. I'd just like to say there's a small yellow, quite sad post-it note in front of me with power of love with the word glum. Uh, ooh, an opt-out. Uh, written underneath it. So, come on, Samzi. What is this post-it note all about? I don't even know what to say to you, Sachi. <laughs> What's happened? Why does it always have to... You know what? It happened um, that. <laughs> oh, no. I don't even want to share it because it's just the same old story, but I don't think our listeners know it. So even though it's the same old story for you, mm. dear friend, listeners, you can come to it new. I bumped into the last person that I kind of fancied, liked, loved, um, about a week ago. And then, since oh. then, I know... And I bumped into them and I did such a good job of ignoring them and, you know... Oh, look, what did I tell you about going into the shop? It takes more effort to ignore. Does it take more effort to go? Yes! Oh. It's exhausting ignoring. It feels like I've completely exhausted myself. Also, I only ignored in how I acted, in yeah, how exactly. I am inside. I'm not ignoring at all. I am paying yeah. masses of attention yeah. to this individual. And, um... Oh, it just really threw me into a big old hole of missed opportunity, uh, 
is anything going to be okay? Have I made the right choices with my life? Am I a complete failure? Like the spiral of disaster and shame around the very small and actually quite nice choices that I've made for my life was yeah. resounding. It was mm. huge. And, um, and re- you know, yesterday, yesterday was a really hard day. It was, I think that was the climax of my low. Mm. Um, and I just, you know, I, I like air everything in my house to try and hide you from got the anything feelings. In your house. <laughs> I know it was really what, sad. Two moldy rice cakes. <laughs> it was like, up how much porridge can I eat? <laughs> <laughs> Is this the best binging that I can do? It's you're not even because you you wouldn't even leave house to go out and get I right, know. like okay, what if you had to do a proper binge down to the shop? What would be in oh your top God. five things? My top five binge my, yeah. eating. Me frazzles. Me, Toffee Crisp. Oh, yes. <laughs> Pot noodle, chicken and mushroom. No way. Yes. Savoury. Me, caramel mm-hmm. shortbread. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have any savoury in mine. Oh, <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> go, go, go. Uh, oh, what was the last one? Uh, I went for caramel shortbread. That's horrible. Oh, God, it's so delicious. Always tastes um, soggy, like mm, it's been in a scout hop since 1972. <laughs> Um, what else? Go on, you do. Cause, uh, um, I was thinking that I would, I mean, I think I've already gone yeah. non-vegan, but yeah. I thought I'd go even non-vegetarian yeah, and get myself a sausage roll. Whoa. Yeah, you don't always get those in corner shops, so I might go uh, even worse. Tell me. Maybe it's two items. It's, or maybe buy some frankfurters and, and, um, and those buns. Wow, yeah. disgusting. You've got one left. Uh, samosa. Really? <laughs> yeah, a little veggie samosa. I'd buy uh, one of those really big R-White's lemonade. Oh, wow. (laughs) That is going to have you off your rocker. I know. Amazing. Yeah, anyway, so basically I felt awful and I feel a little bit less awful, but I'm still clinging on to this Mm. kind of myth, fantasy idea of Mm. of Mm. who she is, of who I am, of how we could have a perfect future. How do I let go of this, Arch? What do you got to say to me to make this a little bit okay? Letting go of mad fantasies that never make you happy, and yet still you really think they might. Okay. You're actually going to let me speak here? Kind of. I'll give you a second. It's raw, man. It's I know. Raw. Right, I'm going to... I want to say something to you, Cam. Tell me. I wanna re- uh, well, in fact, I'm going to read a couple of things. and They might be difficult, these things. Are you ready? Uh-huh. So, love. Hmm. Generally speaking, I don't know if this applies to you, I just want you to listen to this and see what you think about this. Okay. Generally speaking, love addicts are people whose ability to self-regulate, reduce anxiety and remain hopeful about the future rests almost entirely on the neurochemical rush of new romance. That wonderful time when the other person's thoughts, actions and very existence are the most important thing on earth. Surges of dopamine along with oxytocin, serotonin, uh, various other endorphins, uh, you know, they flood into the reward mm. centre of the brain. So it's no real surprise that new roman- romance can be just as addictive as, you know, other, other drugs and the things that we know. Now, I don't know if this applies to you. I don't know if this is you, but uh, I have to say, you know, with, with there's a little bit of a pattern I see that often these relationships haven't lasted very long <laughs> and they seem very in, in your head. I don't know. What do you think? I'm still reeling from the fact that you said love addict yeah. and seem to want to apply that to me. I just How dare you, Sachi? <laughs> just reading it out loud. Oh, the, I, what I liked in that was the mm. idea of being flooded with nice hormones. <laughs> Is that what you heard? Exactly. I was like, how can I get me some flooding? Yes. <laughs> All right, here's another bit. Are you ready? Tell me. It's important to state that love addicts are not hooked on love. 
Mm. Instead, they're addicted to limerence. The neurochemical. I I know. It's such a great word. You've said limerence to me. I love it. I'm a limerent. Well, here we go. (laughs) They're addicted to limerence, the neurochemical rush of new romance. As time passes, they continually (laughs) try to extend or repeat this early, intensely pleasurable phase of relationship. What they fail to understand is this limerence are temporary sensations yeah. and they're meant to be a catalyst for longer stuff. What do you feel about oh, that? You know, I'm, I think this <clears throat> whole episode mm. that we're recording right now just seems to be about kind of growing up, you know? Oh. A little bit. Like, I think I do, I do really get lost in that limerence-ness yes. and I, I, I love the first flings of love and I love feeling mm. poetic and writing poetry, mm. you know, that kind of intensity of emotion. And I guess I connect that with some individuals or with some individuals who have inspired that in me. And then, you know, like, am I in it for the long run? Apparently not. Mm. Oh, So I guess what I say when I, what I mean when I say it's about growing up is it's about, you know, like, what would it be? I think right now I'm learning what it is to be in okay. committed relationships with people. Number one, myself. Okay. And number myself. two, people like my friends, yes. you know. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. We've gone deep here. Oh, I know. <laughs> like I'm bearing a little bit too much of my soul. Anyway, um, limerence, limerence. So yeah, basically, mm. I'm coming out the other end mm. of this kind of mad obsessive thought pattern around this human being mm. that got triggered by me seeing her. And once again, I'm deciding to kind of step away from it because yes. it's, it's not what I'm ready for. Mm. I am not ready to have a committed relationship because mm. it inspires me to feel completely insane. Yes. And I need to kind of temper that, you know, mm. learn how to be with myself, mm. learn how to be with my friends. And then eventually, mm. one day, sooner than, you know, really far away, I hope to be able yeah. to have something with another human being in a romantic way. i got to say, I just really admire you on this whole process. It is, you're amazing. Oh, <laughs> I'm having a moment of love, man. Because <laughs> you're really doing it, you know. I think one of the difficult questions for people who, who get a little bit stuck in, in that phase mm-hmm. is that they feel, oh, it's never going to happen. I'm never going to be able to meet anyone. It's never going to happen. And the interesting thing I read about it was that um, often, you know, it's, it's treated as a, as a disorder, as a thing, you know, that, that you need to develop more healthy relationships. But it's treated in a similar way to kind of food addiction, that kind of mm. thing. In that it's not something, it's not going to be like alcohol or drugs where you're going to abstain from it. You're going to gradually form healthier relationships yeah. until you get there. Uh, and I think it's really important to know that you're going to get there. Yeah, that's it. That's where the despair is, is when you think you're not going to get there. Yeah. And you know where the hope is? Yeah. It's in figuring this shit out and moving forward. Um, so yeah, peeps. Mm. You can develop healthy relationships with people around you. I think mm. that's really, really true. Mm. And I feel reassured mm. by that and kind of encouraged to share it. Maybe a little bit of oversharing Woo! <laughs> with you all. It wasn't oversharing. <laughs> it's enough, it's enough. <laughs> Press the pause button. <laughs> so, Sarge, from mm-hmm. this kind of intimate space that we're in, oh. how about we move uh, directly <clears throat> into... A nature walk. Okay, I'm going to involve you a little bit in this. Tell me, dude. Right, you ready? I feel like I'm ready this time. Yeah. I've gone deep. <laughs> I can be natural. Yes. Right, I'm going to talk a little bit about... Um, okay, I'll tell you a little story first. So I was... Um, I remember one time, I was probably about nine years old, 
and I was lying on, uh, I was lying in a field, and it was a beautiful June day, blue, blue sky. And you know when you lie on the ground, the grasses, you can kind of see them, mm. they, you know, they, they lean over you a little bit. A perfect June day, and way, way up in the heavens, there was a skylark singing. And I remember lying there and just being completely happy. You know, just that, you know, it's like a flash, a moment of time. And, uh, and of course, you don't realise then that you spend the rest of your life trying to regret that feeling. And when I think about why it was that I was completely happy then, mm. a, a couple of things um, come to mind. And one is, is timelessness. Mm. Just um, there's no sense of having to be anywhere, be anywhere else, anyone needing me. You know, it was just there, timeless. And... The second was giving myself into the moment and that kind of gift of play or yeah. imagination. So I'm going to read you a little bit from a few quotes from Jay Griffiths, uh, who's a writer I really like, writes a lot about nature and progress. So she says, one time clock measurement is not time itself. In fact, so opposed are they that one could argue the clock is not a synonym but the opposite of time. So she's talking here about the kind of the, um, the tyranny of one time, you know, a world clock, which only kind of came into being, Greenwich Mean Time, all those kind of things about, I don't know, with the Industrial Revolution, mm -hmm. really, mm -hmm. to get workers into the factory on time. And she goes on to say this, in the realm of wild nature, there are countless cycles of change. Geese arrive at winter's end, build nests, raise goslings and depart in autumn. Apple, leaf, uh, apple trees leaf blossom fruit and drop their leaves. The sunlight has daily cycles and annual mm -hmm. cycles. The moon and women flow through their monthly rituals. Mm. This is circular time, round and round and round. This is wild time. Mm. What do you think about that? I love that. Yeah. This idea of wild nature, the realm of wild nature, yeah. having a different time from what yes. we're like, this kind of like go, 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 yeah. linear time that we're stuck in now. It's just so lovely. And you know what you were saying about kind of being outside and having the, the grass like winking over you. Yeah. You know, like definitely that's that's the time of wild nature. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of, I, I used to play this game. Yeah. With, um, yeah. Me and my brothers. And I mean, I guess like any kind of game that you're playing outside, I mean, you have to hide and then like yes. all try and get to a tree at a different <laughs> yes. time or whatever. I can't yeah. actually remember the name of the game. And like in those moments, like there was no time. Yes. We were just little wild animals yeah. having fun. Yeah. Um, Here's an, another Jay Griffiths quote. She talks about disappearing into play. The mm. woods are a place where children can go to think. Children gravitate towards these spaces. When I was a child, she says, it was it was nothing more than a scrubby little overhang under a rhododendron bush, but it was incredibly important to me. Amazing. Yeah. And she says, the juggernaut of ants belonged to a child, belligerently following its own trail. The yeah. twitch of an animal's tail is part of a child's own tale or storyline, once and now again. Mm. That on the papery bark of a tree may be written the songline of a child's name. That the prickles of a thornbush may have dynamic relevance to conscience. That a damp hollow by the riverbank is not an occasional place to visit, but a permanent part of who you are. This is the beginning of belonging and the beginning of love. Wow. It's nice, right? It's really nice. And you know, you know what we were talking for about that that kind of thing of shutting your eyes. Mm. You know, I, I feel a thing right when. Okay, here's another story from my child. This is my sister, who is 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 great, really. She's quite eccentric. My sister, <laughs> six years older than me, and uh, I remember her telling me a story that she was walking home from school, and uh, she got lost in this fantasy of of um, 
being great karate master. And, you know, she was, like, enacting some fight with, like, loads of, you know, uh, foes and villains and defeating everyone. And she got so worked up in this play that she finally kind of launched herself through the air with a hiya, you know, and karate chopped, you know, thin air. And unbeknown to her, there were some kids, you know, just walking behind her who just saw this and burst out laughing. My sister was so embarrassed. But you know that feeling? <laughs> I mean, it's killed me. That feeling yeah. of really, really, just completely being inside mm. uh, a fantasy in a play. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'd feel definitely... I think children's minds work more like that, mm. you know, and it's it, obviously you have to transition to being an adult, Mm-mm-mm. and it's not the same. But, you know, it's a bit like you feel, oh, em- embarrassed that that's a childish thing to do. Yeah. As opposed to, like, why would you stop doing that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, children spend their whole, you know, often when you're a kid, you, you just want to be an adult. Yeah. And then you get yeah. to being an adult, and you're like, who the hell wants to yeah. get here? Yeah. And the best bits of being a child are when you really don't want to be an adult. Yes. When you're just really, like, focused on that moment of just yeah. having whatever, a bit of joy, a connection to something. Yeah. I think there's anything about the fact that when you're a child, everything's so much bigger as well. Like, I found the natural world, you know, like she said about being under that rhododendron bush, and you can just kind of, you know, really get lost in it in a way that... I think loads of things are bigger than us as adults. You know, we're like, oh, it seems so much bigger. I mean, what have you seen trees? They're pretty big. (laughs) Mountains are pretty big. You know, it's this thing of, oh, yes... I just think we lose the sense of wonder. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying, let's let's slow down, let's get playful, let's shut our eyes and give ourselves permission to be our own Bruce Lee karate superheroes mm. for 15 minutes and 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 do what we want. So I, I want um, I want I want us to do this. I want listeners to do this. Yeah. And I want you to try, just. Um, Going off, even with your eyes open in the office. Try it at a, at a meeting. Try it on the tube. Just lose yourself, because nobody is saying anything interesting. <laughs> Brilliant. And yeah, please tell us your tales of wonder. Yeah. Go out into the realm of wild nature and, and bring back stories. Tell yes. us about it. We want you to leave comments under this, share it with your friends, and please leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> It's been lovely. I feel I feel um I feel moved. Tamsin. I feel serene in a way that I was not feeling yesterday. Aww. And not even this morning. So yeah, thank you, Sarge. You are a good egg, Tamsin. Adios. Adios. Breakfast.